Hey guys, so on this episode of the podcast, uh, my stupid microphone was messing up a lot, uh, and so a lot of the audio uh, when I'm talking, uh, this is me, Ryan, uh, it's going to sound uh, kind of staticky and kind of weird, but I promise, you know, if you blow on it a little bit, you wipe it off on your jeans, it's basically as good as new. Um, if anything, just pretend that uh, my voice is doing a cover of a uh, really bad Einstein Neubauten B-side, and it's supposed to sound uh, staticky and terrible. Anyway, enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to Rank and Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever, and this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How's your week going? You know, I am deep into the ghoulish, the most ghoulish book I have ever read. Uh, I've I've recently gotten into true crime, and I got Tori Telfer's Lady Killers on audiobook. Have you read this oh, book yet? Oh shit! I've been I've been meaning to read Lady Killers. It is turning my stomach. It is that good. Uh-huh. I mean, it's it's that yeah. good because it's that grim. And the thesis of the book is women are... It's not a man and woman thing. Serial killing is a people are horrible and evil. So it's like gender has nothing to do with how depraved humanity is. Right. And it's also that thing of like, you know, sure, like women are more likely to poison you than shoot or stab you, but also you're still dead. Yeah, exactly. It's that let's talk about why, you know... Uh, Erzibet Bathory uh, tortured her maids, but it's not because she was, you know, we don't have to explain it away with, oh, well, she was just trying to stay beautiful or whatever. It's like, no, she's just a murderer. And she was super yeah. into torturing them. And, and, and also um, with True Crime, it's uh, so um, obviously the Golden State Killer having just been caught. It's a big fucking thing right now. Um, and there's this bit in so um, the book, uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. There's a bit in there from uh, Gillian Flynn that is fucking great, where, you know, she's talking about um, serial killers in general. And obviously at the time of writing, um, nobody had been caught in connection with the Golden State killer killings. Um, and Gillian Flynn sort of points out that, like, look, once, we actu once the guy is actually caught, it's going to be anticlimactic because ultimately it's not going to change what this person did. Um, like once you put a face to the person who did all of this, of course you want the guy to get caught and go away forever so that he never does this again and so that he, you know, serves a sentence for this. But, you know, ultimately... Now, and here's the thing with true crime also, is I, I worry about the kind of cult of personality around certain serial killers. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's very... Yeah. It's very deplorable. And I mean, there it's easy to go that direction because I am attracted to... Jeffrey Dahmer because I like to play what if like what oh, yeah. if we could fix it like what can we do yeah. to make him not awful and right or like John Wayne Gacy like if he, if he had had a different dad who was not shitty in these particular ways would his sociopathy have either manifested in the first place or found a different avenue to express itself that didn't involve murdering a dozen people well and the other thing that i like i have to be really careful about is just because you're uh, a repressed gay man doesn't make you a murderer <laughs> like <laughs> exactly right it's it's that but also severe head trauma as a child and also <laughs> abuse and yeah. also you know tons of other stuff <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Also had a mother who wished you were a daughter and dressed you up and made you go to school like that. Like, it's, yeah, it's it's a lot of things. Um, and I think one of the weird cults, cults of personality that always kind of weirded me out was the one around Ted Bundy. Um, where, yeah. because I, obviously, like, the, you know, Anne Rule's book about Ted Bundy is, first of all, a fucking stone-cold classic, and Anne Rule is a god. Um, D does she I, rule? I, she, she rules goals. And, and the thing is, with that book, you know, like, she's... I don't know. I, I feel like she was one of the first people to really add that personal aspect to true crime writing, where, like, previously, you know, if it was kind of this, you know, sort of dispassionate, kind of just the facts, ma'am, thing. And then, you know, for her, it was like, look, I worked at a crisis hotline sitting right next to Ted Bundy. I knew him, and he was doing all of this, and I had no idea. Um, and with Ted Bundy, frequently when a lot of, let, let's face it, dudes specifically, when a lot of true crime dudes talk about Ted Bundy, Frequently, they sound like they want to date him or be him, where they're like, oh, you know, he was just uh, he was just so charming. 
and they get really gross about it and it's like well he was a scumbag he 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 was a murderer like why are we are are you you trying to get him a job somewhere listen there's another podcast that i will not name by name because uh they deserve uh, mild professional courtesy but there mm-hmm. is another very popular, and I also don't want to sound like Sour Grapes. There's another very of popular horror movie and serial killer podcast that I have is an a idea bunch of one. dudes who are really in love with serial killers, and it is not a good mm-hmm. look. No, it's not. Um, yeah, I, I know which podcast you're talking about, and I, I think one of the things that bugs me about it is that, like, if you're going now. If you're going to approach a thing like, you know, true crime, which is you're talking about people's lives and people who have been horribly murdered in the worst ways you can imagine, like, obviously we're fascinated by it because we're ghouls and because we're fascinated by how, like, how does a human brain get to a place where this behavior is okay? Yeah, but Um, dick and fart jokes on top of that are not a good look. No, no, no. Yeah, making armpit farts while talking about John Benet Ramsey—it's not on. And I think you have to approach it with like a modicum of respect for the victims. Yeah. Hey, speaking of modicum respect, have you seen my friend Dahmer yet? I haven't seen it, but I read it. Holy shit! Um, the movie is very good, and that Disney star Ooh, like deserves so much attention because he pulled himself—he clawed his way out of the. <laughs> Burbank Disney miasma and <laughs> made a very serious <laughs> film and was successful. The Disney miasma, yes. I, he, I want to go ahead and throw like, that yeah. on the list. Can we go ahead and put that on here? <laughs> yeah, my friend Dahmer, absolutely. We can. Okay, so Holy here's shit. where I'm gonna I'm gonna put a very spicy take on here. I'm gonna say okay. it's better than it's comparable to Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. <clears throat> oh, I would agree. Actually, I think. Honestly, between the two of them, I feel... Well, okay. I've, I've only read it, so I don't know what the movie is like, so you're going to have to... So... Is, is, does it differ Does it differ a lot from the source material? See, I've not read the book yet. I've only seen the movie. So <laughs> right, together, right. we are one responsible <laughs> critic. Here's the deal. Exactly. I know Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is not accurate to no, the actual man. To, Hen- to Henry Lee Lucas and and Otis to- or Otis Tool and well, I mean, it's like it's like fanfic about Henry Lee Lucas. Yeah, and I know that my friend Dahmer, the parts that the movie focuses on are mostly the Durf's actual friendship with Dahmer. Yeah. So yeah. like, it's it, about it focuses on the, the fact that aspect. Durf back Durf, you know, creates a fan club for this goofy guy in school. And also, right. it's filled in with speculations of like, oh, that night I almost got murdered because he asked me to come inside when right. no one else was in the house, and you know he it, and it was really scary because my car wouldn't start and stuff like that. Right. And like, yeah, yeah exactly he right. had a bottle of pigs in the in the shed. That's really weird, isn't it? Well, but now the bottle, the the pigs in the shed. Did you ever see uh, that documentary, Tales of the Grim Sleeper? No, I want to. Oh shit! It's uh, I think it might be up on YouTube or like uh, some shady uh, pirate site. I'll, I'll find a copy uh, to send you. But one of the fascinating bits of that, like Ari the pig shed with Dahmer, is that uh, Lonnie the, <clears throat> the the Grim Sleeper. In his neighborhood, like he, all of the dudes that knew that knew him were like. Oh yeah, you know he's got like all these shoe boxes full of disturbing, uh, pornographic uh, photos he's taken of women he's known in various weird positions, and just box upon box of it, and it was uh, super weird. But you know that was just Lonnie. You know that was just Lonnie. That's that's just him. That's just what he did. You know that's just and, what he does. Yeah, and then so all of the I women say... knew Lonnie were like, we we told each other, do not be alone with Lonnie. Like, that motherfucker is creepy, don't talk to Lonnie. Like, and it was just amazing to watch these interviews that were so divided between the men who knew him and the women who knew him. That's very great. So I'm actually looking at the list, and although Henry's Portrait of Serial Killer is very high, I don't feel Mm -hmm. good about putting my friend Dahmer above the beyond. Uh, So I'm actually going to scroll down a bit and say that it's Mm -hmm. on it's not as good as my friend Dahmer, the actual, the Jeffrey Dahmer Files, the actual documentary. Oh, yeah. Hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
so I would put it... Okay, here's where, you know, I got hyperbolic, but I'd actually put it under Maniac Cop 2. <laughs> <laughs> because right. it's good, Quite. but it does not have a tie-in wrap. <laughs> It doesn't have a tie-in wrap, and it doesn't have, like, car explosions. Yeah, but that's as a, that's a, a that's drama, a, yeah. it's definitely better than Walking Out. So, my friend Dahmer is going to be number 128, if that's cool with you. Yep, 128. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like, I think it's a little, um, the, the drama's a little bit more engaging than in Walking Out. Yeah. Because I, at least with the book, I, I read it in one sitting. I could not stop reading it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, although Walking Out has that sweet bear attack, it's not <laughs> the, the extended tension of my friend Dahmer. Yeah, the Revenant can get fucked, honestly. Like, the bear attack and Walking Out fucking rules. It's so good. Yeah, much better. Just, it's, yeah. it's, again, it's a whole lot with very little. So, yeah. Ryan, also, what bullshit also have Holman. you been up to this week? Uh, this week, I have been up to um, finishing up a, a study in Charlotte. Uh, which uh, I'm, I'm getting all the other books in that series because the writing is so fucking good and it hits exactly the right spot for me with like, I love the idea of Sherlock Holmes, but I think I got so soured on BBC Sherlock yeah. that I was like, man, do I just fucking hate Sherlock Holmes? And it's like, well, no, you hate BBC Sherlock because it's bad. Um, I totally agree because I picked it up from the library and started reading it on your rec and yeah, it, I'm only like a chapter into it, but it uh-huh. really set it it's a good <laughs> reset for like, hey, are you fatigued with Sherlock? Here's a great uh, zero <laughs> start back from square one. Oh yeah, especially because like the 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 dynamic between Jamie and Charlotte is just this it's once they like once it locks into place and it's like fuck yeah, Char- like it, this is this is Charlotte and Jamie and they they you know, it, it's the, honestly it made me think of, um, because obviously like the great, great, uh, or like the great grandchildren of Sherlock Holmes and um, John Watson, it made me think of that bit from uh, The Force Awakens where Ray is sitting in the wrecked husk of an AT-AT, eating her snack with a rebel pilot helmet on, and she doesn't know the significance of any of this shit, and she's like, basically repurposing all of this really iconic imagery and making use of it for a new thing. Yeah. And... Yeah, no, it's so good. So there's there's been that, and also I um, have I, I've fallen down this uh, hole lately of uh, satanic panic documentaries, and what's weird about it is also that so a lot of these um, so in the '80s when everybody was sort of panicking about you know the devil and uh, 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 heavy metal and punk rock and all of that really you know scary stuff. Um, when I was a, a teenager, my terrible stepdad, um, any time that I would like step out of line or he decided he wanted to punish me he would threaten to send me to one of those nature hike programs in Georgia. Like the scared straight kind of thing. Exactly. Like where it was like, you know, you're going to, it's, these are unlicensed. This is some asshole in the woods who will, you have to go on a hike with him and you're going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be shitty and it's going to teach you the importance of whatever. Um, And this was like a thriving cottage industry back in the day was, send us your rebellious children, we'll put them up on threadbare mattresses and feed them Triscuits and scourge the flesh, basically, to punish them for being rebellious. And, like, I I think John Darnielle, um talked a lot about that, like, these weird sort of um, Christian... And, and Christian in, 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 in terms of, like, 80s evangelical moral majority panic shit... Like, just the entire industry based around... The industry that thrived on the Procter & Gamble logo, claiming that the beard had triple uh, six in it. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever read about that? No, what is that? Okay, so if you ever Googled the old Procter & Gamble logo, it's a man in the moon, and he's got this righteous um, uh, beard, uh, a Greek mythology beard, and people say that if you look at it, it has the triple six in the beard curls. Oh, and, shit, I've just Googled it. Yeah, and they argue that the top and the bottom of the moon look like uh, goat horns, and that the three <laughs> um, stars have a symbolic for, like, the anti-trinity, and, like, 
you know, it's one of those very long and and elaborate things. So basically, Procter and Gamble changed their logo because in the eighties, uh, Satanic Panic was so easily spread by just ignorance and a lack of fact checking that it just oh my God. bought into it. This old logo rules, yeah, and then they changed it to just a P and G, and like exactly, a, it is the like most anesthetized. Is the most anesthetized. No one can get mad at this. And what's also great <laughs> is the P and G logo used to be a serif font, and now it's a sans serif. Because I bet you someone was like, the serifs hide dark arcane symbology. Like, no, oh motherfuckers, we're going with Ariel. Nothing is evil about Ariel. <laughs> Listen, we're all we're all really twitchy after that thing where we had a guy who was the moon and also Satan. So we're going yeah. normcore with this shit. It's just going to be PNG, no serifs, no no fuss. We need to sell some products. They were going to go please. with Helvetica, but that has too many satanic <laughs> associations, too. But also, it's got the word hell in it, so yeah. we can't <laughs> listen. It's really, it's really, it's really dicey. Um, but yeah, so I've, yeah, I don't know, if, I don't know, I feel like falling down that hole with um, satanic panic stuff, like, because when I was a kid, you know, my mom kind of uh, went through a focus on the family period for a number of years, and, you know, sort of, we didn't, weren't allowed to celebrate Halloween, and she... Like, my mom confiscated my Harry Potter books, and then, also, side note, she's a huge Harry Potter fan now, and way more into it than I ever was. Like, she's got <laughs> the she's fucking like, sorting hat. I was wrong. <laughs> my mom was on Pottermore, which shows, like, the depth of her commitment to this shit. That's wonderful. Um, but yeah. That's, so, that's, so that's Pagan Invasion much... really hit home for you when we watched that first Oh, show. yeah, yeah. That, 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 you know, in a, in a way, it was a, sort of the gateway to all of this other darker shit, which, you know, is exactly the kind of thing that it warns against, so... Have you gotten guy. into, in your satanic panic research, uh, ritualistic suicide, or ritualistic child abuse yet? Oh, yeah. I Of course, there was, like, the, the bunny uh, hoax with the kindergarten teachers. Yeah, yeah, um, the one where it's like the that there is a, a ring of abusers underneath the preschool that was like bringing people down into the basement and like sacrificing them and all that. Right, and and well, and and like you know, and and the thing at the time was like, you know, they're 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 abusing these children sexually, and then uh, they'll they'll kill a bunny in front of the kids and say that if you tell your parents about this, then we will do the same thing to you and look at this dead bunny. And then they actually, like, dug into it and realized, like, oh, no, this is horseshit, actually. This yeah. is one, th- this is 100%. Uh, yeah. My favorite part of that story is they showed these children photos of just people and said, identify the abuser. And, um, like, Sylvester Stallone was one of the people that most of the children picked because <laughs> he was on TV at I the fucking time. knew it. And, like, what's really right. awful about that is that it diminishes true cases of abuse because uh-huh. these parents were so anxious and this rumor started somehow. And, like... Well, it, it was it, one of the parents who, like, they coached these kids on saying these things that like you need to and i mean especially with true crime i think there was another case where you know they um the parents were like coaching these kids on these really elaborate things to try to I, it's oh huh, the balloon yeah. boy from several years ago that puked on live television because his dad oh was yeah the balloon kid yeah people Woof. are awful um, people are fucking they terrible. are they are just the worst and uh yeah people not, not even once um so let's talk about some movies about people that are just the goddamn worst. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, the first one that I think uh, we should talk about, I love Don't Torture a Duckling. Oh, yes. It's it's such a good movie of, hey, people are awful, you know? <laughs> people. What a bunch of bastards. And they, yeah. Uh, now, okay, so this is a Jalo film, which we were we were talking earlier about, like, so with Jalo films, we've done a shitload of Jalo films for the podcast so far, and of course they're like you know seventies to early eighties, or I guess late sixties to early eighties uh, Italian horror films that are basically like killer with black gloves that isn't revealed until the end. It's drawing on pulp and noir. They're really sleazy. They got really banging soundtracks. Um, <clears throat> and one of the other movies we're going to be talking about. Uh, earlier, uh, a couple of days ago, like, we were, um, talking about how, with Jalo, I think when you first get into Jalo, there's, like, the, 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 the new anime fan thing of, 
when you've just gotten into anime and you're like, every anime is good. If it comes from Japan, that means it's great. And Which is then the same you about a Japanese bit... wrestling. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot of garbage Japanese wrestling. Um, Go to any and with, NXT and show and just ask a random dude in a Bullet Club shirt about Japanese wrestling. And you get this exact <laughs> same attitude. Oh, yeah. it's And, and yeah, and with Jalo films, like, because I love Jalo so much, and occasionally there is, you know, there are Jalo films that are just very, very bad, but sometimes they are outstandingly good, like with Don't Torture a Duckling. Yes. So let's go, let's go down the list of why this is great. Um, it's got, it's directed by Lucio Fulci. It's got a score by Riz Ortolani, who scored Madhouse, that uh, movie with that bonkers dog. Oh my god, I didn't realize. Also, uh, it's got a, a, a real witch in it. <laughs> like, not a real, <laughs> real-life witch, but like, one of the characters is a witch, and she's like, yeah, I'm a witch. Yeah, no, she's, there's a character in here who's a witch. Now, alright, so speaking of um, child murder... Um, no, yeah, so, uh, speaking of child murder, like, this movie, it, it goes into, so, it is all about some child murder. Um, kids are turning up dead left and right, um, it opens, like, uh, so there's a scene in here that, uh, is, is my favorite, which is, um, a local pervert, Giuseppe, um, he's, there are a bunch of, uh, uh, Italian swingers in the Italian countryside, and they're all fucking in a barn or whatever, and Giuseppe, the local pervert, is, like, creeping around peep, peeping through the windows and this choir like this chorus of mean children just pop up to make fun of him for being a pervert and these children are fucking smoking lucy's and um oh yeah they they're wearing their slingshots around their necks and they're just like the hardest seven-year-olds i have ever seen <laughs> they're on some real moppet shit <laughs> like they are yeah this is peak moppet and they're like ah you're a pervert and then one of the kids turns up dead and, yeah, he says, how um, dare you watch me watching these people have sex? I'll kill you. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, one of those kids is dead. And I think I like how Fulci takes an it, pretty much his whole career. He takes an established movie and twists it to make it um, a little bit better. Or just, it, he, he reinvigorates genres. So he did that with zombies. Yeah. He did that with... Uh, to borrow War Rocket Ajax's term, no nans, which are Conan ripoffs with conquest. Oh, nice. Um, he does that with Jalo, Jolly, because instead of it being young hot women who are being strangled, it is choir boys. It's children. Yeah, it's great. And like, it's I, in the countryside. I, I, it's not like metropolitan Rome. It's this shit ass backwoods town. And you just spend the whole movie with all these rednecks uh, trying to find out who the killer is. Yeah, and, and it's amazing because, like, especially with Jalo, I can, uh, listen, I, I love Jalo, and I cannot, like, marathon watch a bunch of Jalo films because at a certain point you're like, I think I'm tired of hearing women screaming because they're being murdered. Um, because especially with Jalo, like, there's a lot of it is sort of, like, imperiled women. And it was, honestly, this was refreshing child murder. Yeah, it's, this it's was, very I got good. to watch. A bunch of kids floating face down in a creek with the back of their head ripped off. Yeah, and and, and by the way, uh, we need to mention this is a screener provided us to to us by Arrow Video. So shout out y'all. Uh, this Thanks, transfer guys. is amazing. It is the most crisp child murder you will see on Blu-ray. <laughs> but Listen, also, just hide like the features on this are super good. There's a video essay on. Um, the presence of misogyny in Lucio Fulci's movies. There's also a video interview with uh, a Fulci scholar about uh, Jolly, and uh, Mike J. Coven is is the guy, and he talks about how uh, Jolly are actually made for a distracted audience because they're um, B movies. So it's like you go to neck and hang out at the movie theater. So the reason why these movies are boring, 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 really huge scene where a guy's face is peeled off because he's falling down a cliff and hitting rocks oh all the way God. down is because it has to grab your attention and say, hey, watch the movie. Oh, man. That's like, um, what was that uh, composer who um, he had a patron that would always fall asleep during performances? So he uh, composed one song to like 
be really, really quiet, 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 really fucking loud, just to, like, watch the guy get startled awake every time the guy sat in front in the front yeah, row. Yeah, so, like, Mike Coven has just, like, blown, has explained Jolly to me in a way that now I understand why these movies are the way they are. Because they're not serious cinema, so it's really gotta be, like, okay, nothing, nothing, nothing... Uh, sex scene. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Murder. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Car chase. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Right. Uh, big point. And like, I don't know, that alone is worth buying this disc. There's also an audio transcript of uh, Fulci doing an interview where he goes through his full uh, filmography and talks about which movies were mistakes and which movies were good. <laughs> That's good that he's not across the board. Lucio Fulci was a genius who only made great things. Yeah, he's like, that one was made for money. And it's a good... He says one of the movies is a good cable movie. But that's all it's really good oh. for. Oh, man. <laughs> that's damning with faint praise. Yeah, like, so it's, pick you know, up it's a good cable it's movie. amazing. Yeah, I feel like good cable movie is like uh, synonymous with like, it's a good hangover movie. Where, like, listen, put it on when you're just kind of, you know, you're lying on the couch nursing a hangover and you need something on, like... And, and, and also with Don't Torture a Duckling, I think, one of my favorite bits. Now, let's talk about uh, Lucio Fulci making the dismissive uh, J.O. motion at the Catholic Church, which also, uh, of course, we're just coming, you know, you know, hot on the heels of the Met Gala. Yeah. Um, so I was already kind of thinking about Catholicism a lot. And the killer in the movie, which I we can we can spoil it because it was I mean, it's been a while since Don't Torture a Duckling. Came uh, out, right? Are you sure? Because the whole movie is who's the killer, and that is, like, the reveal at the end of the movie. That is an excellent point. Um, so we won't, I won't reveal who the this. killer was. Like every other Fulci movie, it's, lol, uh, there is no God, and everything is hopeless. And a preacher is, like, a, a Catholic priest is a big, pivotal character that's, like morality and we gotta you know save the children it's it's maud flanders saying think about the children <laughs> yeah which i feel like fulci frequently has a maud flanders in his movies yeah it, it's a what would <laughs> what about the children and it's just it, fulci's reaction is nah <laughs> yeah nah it's fine not. Now, and We're there's another fucked. there's no purpose <laughs> Oh, an another thing that's part of the uh, Arrow video release extras is Fulci tries to explain the ending of The Beyond. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. And he, even, so... even he is like, well, you know, it's just kind of <laughs> like, uh, Fuck. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, yeah, it's like, uh, What it's, I was you know, trying to it's... do was... <laughs> You know that thing when you get cataracts in the wasteland and that's where you live now? Anyway, it's maybe you had to be there. I don't know. Um, now, I, I think this, the standout performance in Don't Torture a Duckling for me was um, the witch yes. in this. Who? So all these kids start popping up dead, um, like, litter, like little toaster strudels just popping up. And everybody sort of decides, like, oh, this witch lady, I bet she had something to do with it. And she just straight up confesses to these yeah, murders. She's like, she of course I've been doing magic on children. I'm a witch. <laughs> I'm a witch. I'm on and my And they're witch shitty shit. kids. Am... They are shitty kids, to be fair. Oh. They do oh, these... awful things in this movie, and then they die. <laughs> <laughs> Which, now, and here's the thing. Like, obviously, I can't even believe I'm going to preface the sentence. I don't like or condone child murder. I think it's bad and shouldn't happen. But fictionally, I kind of respect any horror movie that's like, we're out here killing kids, fuck it. Yeah, yeah, um, and what's crazy is it's difficult to uh, name many movies that go this far. Yeah, yeah, I mean, again, like with Nightmare on Elm Street, like, they specifically altered Freddy's backstory to not explicitly be a child molester because it was like, well, there was a spate of real-life molestation cases in California at that time, and they didn't want to capitalize on it. So obviously, like, children in horror... And this was also a thing with uh, Gene Siskel, that one of the things he hated about a movie was if the movie had children in danger. He would give a movie a thumbs down, even if it was fucking great, he would give it a thumbs down if there were children in danger because he was like, that's cheap, I don't want to see that. It's an artificial way of raising the stakes. And I think he has, like, half a point, but I also think that, listen, children in danger, nothing says that the stakes are high quite like we're out here killing kids. Yeah. So I have been gorging on film guides, which I want to talk about how 
uh, books that are just reviews of movies is a lost art, and we need to let them make a comeback because we kind of lost that with the internet, but they're fucking great. Um, I've been reading James Marriott and Kim Newman's horror 333 films to scare you to death, and that is Anno Dracula, Kim Newman, writing about horror okay. movies. So I've been reading that. I've been reading the Psychotronic uh, Video Guide. Uh, and I've been reading a brand new book. Uh, Mike, Michael Vaughn, our friend on Twitter, uh, gave us the ultimate guide to strange cinema. So he's actually out there trying to resurrect this lost art of print a book that's a list of movies you ought to seek out and find because they're bananas. Oh, wow. And all of these books have a review of Don't Torture a Duckling, and all of them are... It's a tough watch, man. <laughs> They're all <laughs> that, like, that if you want to fuck with child murder, good luck. More power to you. <laughs> so, like, I love that one of the reasons why this movie is so... Which, what does that say about us? That, like, we don't have a problem with it, but everything that I've read that's like, you know, these dudes that are watching Killer Sushi and, and Blood on the Badge are like, you know, it's a bridge too far. Yeah, this is too much. I well, and also especially with you know like the way that the, the way that it's done in this movie, you I don't think you ever literally see a kid getting murked, do you? Um, not in the same way that the Beyond shows of a uh, eight year old getting <laughs> her head blown off. Yeah, I honestly, Ash vs. Evil Dead in season one, the fact that a kid got like thrown upward into a ceiling fan and shredded. Yeah, like Jesus Christ. But so the the witch in this. Like, she just, honestly, that actor, I want to see her in everything. Like, she, oh my god, she just fucking went for it in the scene where she admits to these murders she didn't do. And then after it happens, and then they're like, well, wait a minute, how could you have done that murder when we've got somebody who's corroborating that you were in a totally different place at the time? And it kind of falls apart, and she's like, yeah, well, whatever. And then she just What's gets beaten wild to death in a... is that Riverdale totally aped the scene in the most recent episode. Oh, shit. I need to get, I, I need to get caught up. You've with got Riverdale. to be caught up on Riverdale, because they have a town justice scene that uh, suddenly... I don't know if it's intentional or if it was just coincidence, but they have a uh, Riverdale... Uh, hit rednecks take justice into their own hands the same way that oh shit don't torture a duckling t- the fact that we're here in 2018 saying you know what's a lot like Lucio Fulci that TV show on the WB Riverdale <laughs> that this also shows my drama age we that deserve. I'm calling the CW the WB <laughs> I mean it is listen it might be called the CW but it's the WB in my it'll heart. always be the WB to me damn it the dubba 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 WB I, and, and the thing is with Riverdale like I like that it draw it it's it's not afraid to draw on this really fucked up uh, genre stuff for literally a teen soap. <laughs> Um but yeah like the scene where the uh, now now when the witch is being beaten to death by the by the the, the local rednecks in uh, rural Italy the soundtrack for this scene is the most wild-ass psychedelic rock. Like they're breaking out saxophones. It's you could you can dance to this murder scene. Yeah, it's like, the car I, radio too. That's what's so wild is they pull up and mm-hmm. this is just what's on the radio. And oh, in yeah. the middle of the beating, the song changes because the DJ comes on and says, "And now here's another song." And then it changes an emotional beat to Oh my god. It's it's incredible. Um, so I really, really like Don't Torture a Duckling, also because that ending features a death scene that I actually had to rewind and watch several yeah, times. Yeah, it does not fuck around. It is the, it's, it's yet again, another excellent use of wax dummies. Yeah. So oh, that, yeah. Don't, um, Don't Torture a Duckling is almost certainly better than Cat in the Brain. <laughs> Yeah, get fucked. And the brain is Fulci's worst movie, which is not a bad thing because Fulci makes excellent movies, but it's not as good as this. I would agree. And Cat in the Brain is also, it's a movie about his movies, and I don't think it has anything to say about his movies aside from I'm a Dirty, Dirty Boy. You can definitely tell it's like the end of his career because i want to say it's one of his last movies and it's like i'm out of stuff to say yeah yeah he's like "Eh, i really like horror and you like horror too and that's really fucked up and you're really fucked up what the fuck um 
And then it just sort of repels up through the ceiling and doesn't process any of that. Um, I think, uh, off top, I think Don't Torture a Duckling is... I, I hate that I'm going to say this. I think it's better than Saw. You think it's better than Saw? That means it's better than The Beyond, and I don't know mm, about that. True. That's true. Um, now, oof, The Beyond... Maybe it's it's more watchable than The Beyond, maybe? But... Yeah, the but Beyond I feel has like a better the Beyond soundtrack. Is his like perfect film? Yeah, the Beyond is is if you're gonna make somebody watch a Fulci film, you would want to make them watch the Beyond. Yeah, but here's the problem. Yeah. I would rather make someone watch Haunters: The Art of the Scare than Don't Torture a Duckling. One because I'm mm-hmm. not a ghoul. Like I recognize. <laughs> okay, listen. Uh, right. I would not make Emily watch. I waited till Emily went to bed to watch this movie because I, I had to watch this in shame in the dark by myself. <laughs> As is proper for a Fulci film. Don't look at me. <laughs> Don't look at me. Don't, it's fine. It's fine. I'm just watching a normal movie in my home. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely... Uh, it's definitely I, not yeah. a movie that I would wrap in brown paper if I was leaving the house with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a contraband film. Um, so it's definitely not better than The Beyond. However, yeah, I think Haunters the Art of the Scare probably is better, but I will be, I will be goddamned if I, all right, put this, if I put this movie below Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) However, I think Gremlins 2, The New Batch might be better. Uh, Gremlins 2, The New Batch is an easier sell, which is a crazy (laughs) thing to say. Right, the movie, the movie with the 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 lady gremlin and the it, it's fine and Hulk Hogan. If breaking we the look wall, at this is... list as a what should I watch first? Hey y'all, what should I watch first? Then mm-hmm. definitely Gremlins Two goes above Don't Torture a Duckling. But if we're talking about like oh, better sure. essential movies. Don't Torture a Duckling is a better movie, albeit a very hard watch. Yeah, exactly right. But we've put other stuff lower on the list just because it's hard to watch. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, now, hard to watch, I mean, audition... A lot of audition is hard to watch. And a lot of Henry um, Portrait of a Serial Killer is hard to watch. Hey, hey, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is number 69 right now. Oh, part of Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is some of the most unwatchable, horrible things I've ever had to sit through, which I love and appreciate about Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. But... Yeah, unwatchability is not necessarily a thing that'll drop it down the list. Yeah. So, I think it's better than that episode of Black Mirror. Ye- oh, Shut Up and Dance? Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly better than Playtest. Uh, oh, it's definitely better than Playtest. I, I feel pretty good about putting it, uh, putting uh, Don't Torture a Duckling by Lucio Fulci uh, snugly uh, at number 81 between Gremlins 2, The New Batch, and Black Mirror uh, Playtest. Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying it's not as good as Gremlins 2? Yeah, well, hmm. I could honestly go either way, I think. Shut Up and Dance is... Hurley is better than Shut Up and Dance, right? Uh, it's definitely better than Shut Up and Dance. Okay, yeah. so then let's put it right under Haunters and right above Black Mirror. Yeah, that sounds good. So right under Haunters, Art of the Scare... And right above Shut Up and Dance from Black Mirror at number 79. All right. And thank you, Arrow Video. Go pick up this one. It's got the best. If you're interested in Fulci or you're a Fulci fan, the features alone make this worth picking up. Also, this is not a streaming movie currently. So if you want to watch it, you got to buy it. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're going to want to watch out for that shit. Um, so the next uh, movie up... All right, all right, God this damn it. The steaming so, tur- so now that we've talked about uh, a good Jalo, let's talk about a steaming <laughs> shitbag. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's uh, so this this fucking uh, dog shit dildo of a movie. This Italian problem of a film. Maybe we should start by uh, saying this is a Blu-ray provided to us by the fine folks at Cult Epics. Thanks, Thank Cult you. Epics. We love you. We really appreciate it. But um, and now why it, it, did you, it does have... of all the movies to unearth, why did you choose this one? <laughs> yeah, I just said a lot. So it's uh, a movie with a superb title, which is Death Laid an Egg. Um, and th- <laughs> this okay. movie just fucking sucks. It is a giallo about mutant chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which should 
on its on its face be exactly the thing I want to watch. Yes, because it's about a woman and a man who own a chicken farm and they're genetically altering chickens but when the chickens are hatched the man is horrified because they are pulsing chicken nuggets with legs and nothing else <laughs> right and he says we can't you know we have to kill these all and the wife is like no we must uh make money off of this and like one of the scientists picks him up and is like, this is the perfect chicken. It's all nugget. It's all <laughs> delicious, tasty nugget. We'll make millions this is off a, of this. This is a nugget chicken. It is boneless. You can dip the entire thing in like a popcorn bowl of sweet and sour sauce and eat, just unhinge your jaw and eat the chicken whole. <laughs> exactly. Um, and the guy's which, like, I don't truck with that. We should, we should kill all these. <laughs> yeah, man, I can't fuck with this. This is, this is unholy and against the will of God. Um, but so the, how would you describe the plot of Death Laid an Egg? Shit, that's, it's, it's, that's only a subplot of this movie. It is that this man and this wife own this chicken farm and the wife's cousin moves in with them because she's a hot blonde, but also becomes Uh another woman in the relationship. And also the man is murdering prostitutes in his spare time. Yeah, it, the, this movie, like, it, it's it's almost, uh, it's like an insulting impersonation of a Jalo film made by somebody who fucking hates Jalo films. Yeah, it's like everything that could be bad. It's like yeah. a avant jazz score and, like, uh, all of these art house camera angles that are just obnoxious and dizzying and... Man, honestly, the number of Dutch angles used in this movie made me want to hurt something. It it's like they learned two camera tricks and then that's all they did for most of this movie. Um and, and the thing is, now a big thing for me, now with pro wrestling, for instance, um, I'm of the opinion that if there so if there's a pro wrestling match and the crowd is dead for it, like let's say you're doing a wrestling show in like Corpus Christi, Texas, which has the worst crowds in the world, uh, it could be a five star emotional classic. And if the crowd is dead for it, I cannot totally get into this match because for whatever reason, I need to have that crowd involvement. Um, a Jalo film with a bad soundtrack is no Jalo film at all, I say. Yeah. And and that's the first thing I wrote in my notes is I hate the soundtrack. Like, I actively oh. hate it. Yeah. If I can't dance to these murder scenes, what's the point of you? To be fair, like wrestling, these are beautiful, beautiful people. But also, like wrestling, they all look the same. It's just white people. <laughs> I have white people face blindness. All white people just look the same. <laughs> Assorted entertainment crackers. Yeah, it's like an episode of Pretty Little Liars. It was so bad that when I got on IMDb to see what other movies they were in, I could not figure out who was whom. <laughs> because even because their headshots all... all look the same. <laughs> yeah, and you, you note specifically a cast of beautiful chin people, which is my favorite thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, they all like a lot are of, just lot of, like big sculpted butt chins, and that's it. A lot of it's a lot of great chins, and I, I loved also that. So you know, we're both watching this movie, which again, thank you, Cult Epics. Um, and it's I, I I enjoy it when we both come to the same conclusion after watching a thing, and then and then talk about it, where we're like, man, fuck Death Laid an Egg. Like it, the plot is silly. Now, like, okay. If you're if you're not going to go for like wild fantastic murder that's beautifully shot, like you have to have I I can't think of one thing this movie does particularly well. Um, the only thing that's inter I th- I feel like we can reverse engineer how this movie got made. Uh, the director was at a chicken ranch and he saw that there was this giant grinder for chicken feed, and he thought, what if the murder weapon fell out of that. And then what if somebody fell into it? Wouldn't that be gnarly? Because the movie centers around people falling into the grinder and the chickens eating the, the ground up bodies. The, the, the fucking one draw to this movie is that cute dog and they kill it. by putting it in the grinder. I support that they murder the dog in this. Like at least there was some kind well, and at least because again, well, it's those two things that if you if you kill them in a movie, it's like oh that's dogs, not Ryan. fucking dogs. Oh, what does that dog I deserve? Love, to die? I love listen, listen. I love dogs and children, 
and I support their death in horror movies. <laughs> like, like in Halloween, you know, when Michael Myers strangles that German shepherd, that's one of the first moments you know, like, oh, fuck, he... He, he's not fucking around out here in Haddonfield. Michael Myers means he'll, he'll, he'll strangle a dog. Um, and the fact that they, you know, put this dog down the wood chipper. Um, I don't... Uh, now, okay. Mike Vaughn's uh, Ultimate Guy into Strange Cinema. How does, how does Mike Vaughn feel about Death, Light, and Egg? So, look, this is another reason why we watched this this week. It's because I've been reading Mike Vaughn's book. Um, if you haven't gotten the ultimate guide to strange cinema yet it's on amazon um thanks mike for sending us a copy it's schiffer publications i really like this book because uh vaughn is a fellow ghoul and we can spot him when we see our compatriots uh and he does get kind of grumpy in this book because he's watched so many awful weird (laughs) movies that like partway through the book you can kind of see like his patience is wearing thin (laughs) it's bullshit yeah but he talks about how like mike vaughn talks about how the movie is a commentary on the working class labor system in italy and i kind of see that because like there are angry workers and they're like the main suspects in the movie and like it is rich beautiful people being shitty uh, sure. But also, it's a movie where a pulsing, beautiful chicken nugget is the thing that drives people to murder. Because, like, <laughs> the MacGuffin is a nugget with legs. What? <laughs> Literally, an egg hatches, and this chicken yeah. does not have a head or a mouth. It is just a glob of meat. It's a pulsing glob of meat. And there's a boardroom meeting, and the president of the board says to the farm owner, "We're angry for you to, for you, at you for keeping this advancement to science away from us. We will make billions off of this, <laughs> off of off of tiny sentient chicken nuggets that you don't even have to debone. You can just throw them in the fryer. You bread them up real nice. Yeah, yeah. So, so." Thanks, Mike, because if I didn't read your book, I would just be lost for why. But even knowing oh, that was. it might be supposed to be a political commentary, it's like, um, it doesn't work for me. I buy this being a piece of political commentary in as much as I buy um, the director from Troll 2's wife uh, writing the script because she was trying to own some of her friends who were vegetarian at no, the time? No, she legit did it. That way. She is on camera oh, yeah. saying, my friends oh, are I vegetarian mean, and they're being assholes, so I wrote a movie about it. Oh, I mean, she definitely did, but as a piece of commentary on vegetarianism, it I think it's about work. as effective. <laughs> yeah, 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 like they just were like... trying to do that. Because, again, the first, like, the inciting incident is they're on this chicken farm and they open the chicken feed thing and a wrench falls out and the husband is later revealed to have put the wrench in there but they thought it was the angry farmers that got fired because they've automated the chicken feed machine uh, right which could could also connect this oh i hate that i'm giving this movie so much credit you could definitely com- connect death laid an egg to like the texas chainsaw massacre with like automation replacing manual labor and displacing rural communities yeah but also jalo which is like <laughs> also not- jalo Basically, yeah. it's it's F. Scott Fitzgerald. The rich people are very different from you and I. No, yeah, like it's it's basically F. Scott Fitzgerald with like the side of paradise, where it's like, man, rich people, they're they're into some weird shit. Yeah, them rich people, they are not good. <laughs> I tell you, I I'm 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 against these rich people. Um, so where on the list do you want to put Death Laid an Egg? Let's. It is the let's, worst Jalo we have ever seen. And the it lowest is... Jalo. This is the worst Jalo I've ever seen. It's the worst we've talked about mm-hmm. on the show. And oh, it's the definitely the worst Jalo I've seen. Is um, Mario Bava's um, the Evil Eye? The Evil Eye, and that's two hundred. It's definitely worse than the Evil Eye. Like yeah, the Evil Eye has some stuff movie. that I liked. Yeah, yeah. I, I th- it does a lot of stuff really, really well. Now here's here's my question for you, Quincy. Is Death Laid an Egg better or worse than the Bye Bye Man? It is worse than the Bye Bye Man because the Bye Bye Man is laughably bad and Death Laid an Egg is just bad, except for the pulsing chicken nugget. (laughs) 
<laughs> Honestly, after watching this, like, I, th- there, this podcast has had so many highs and lows for, like, movies I've seen. And I feel like after watching this one, it, rem- it, it I was... I was tired. Yeah, it, I... it really sucked my energy out. The Bye Bye Man was a, a giggle fest because oh, yeah. of that woman being caught on fire in the middle of her conversation. And yeah, this movie Faye is Dunaway, just a bummer. It's just yeah, this sad. This didn't have a combust. This this didn't have a combusting fade done away. So yeah. fuck it. Um, so uh, oh, like, better oh, watch God. out territory. Um, oh, oh God. Well, Blood on the Badge hated, territory. No, it's I hated it's down there with Dracula Untold because um, Transfiguration just bummer, just fucking bummer yeah. all the way. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 comfortable dropping this way down the fucking list. Now here's the question: Do we want the wild swinging sexual revolution nonsense of Love at First Bite? Or would you rather watch uh, Death Laid an Egg? So bad, bad sexual politic commentary, or bad working class politic, and racist or bad working class commentary with, at least we have to acknowledge a pulsing sentient chicken nugget. I'd say for chicken nugget alone, it is a hair better than Love at First Bite. Yeah, because I'll straight yeah. up tell you, do not watch either. Oh, Pick no, up the Blu-ray no, from no, Cold Epics because we reviewed it. <laughs> at no point should you watch it. You should definitely pick it up and don't watch it. Um, but no, for real, thing, though, it's... the box art, like, as a Blu-ray head, it looks great on the shelf, but just don't take the cellophane <laughs> off of it. Yeah, this will be your uh, the, a brief history of time that you'll have on your shelf, and all of your guests will see how deeply eclectic your taste is. The thing is, if somebody walked in on me, I feel so Death seen with egg, that because I definitely have that book on my <laughs> shelf too. and have never read it. Oh, me too. I tried reading it, gave up, and put it on my shelf, and it's it's still there. Um, but here here's the thing: if somebody walked in on me watching Love at First Bite. I would be way more embarrassed than if they walked in on me watching Death Laid an Egg. Because Love It First I... Bite would be like, dude, dude, this is weird and racist. And Love It, and um, Death Laid an Egg would be like, somebody would walk in, see me watching this bad Jollo film, would not know the difference between a good and a bad Jollo film, and go, ah, that looks like some shit you'd be into. See, I, that's why I actually wonder if it should go worse. Because you can argue that you can do a deconstructionist viewing of Love at First Bite and talk about, like, how can we use this piece of media from 1979 to explain the ills of 1979 Hollywood and white screenwriters who got their career mm. aping uh, Woody Allen? Yeah, aping Woody Allen and also trying desperately to affect uh, Mel Brooks' levels of wackiness and utterly Yeah, failing. which is also crazy because even uh, Blazing Saddles, which does not fuck around with race, still holds up while yeah. uh, Love at First Bite is an embarrassment. Well, because Blazing Saddles had an actual thing that it was doing, and Love at First Bite certainly does not. Actually, it's something. And Blazing Saddles podcast... also had uh, POCs on the creative team. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't just like three white guys from New York probably writing this movie. And here's also if we're doing if so, we've done Love at First Bite on this podcast. At some point, we are probably going to have to do Dracula Dead and Loving It. Oh no. <laughs> And I am not looking forward to that fucking day. Because you would think, oh, a Dracula comedy featuring Leslie Nielsen by Mel Brooks? And it is it is a fucking problem. That's what I thought walking into the movie theater as a child. And I remember <laughs> leaving going, eh. That and the Lost in Space remake are two movies that I vividly remember being like, oh, wait a minute, movies can wait. be bad. <laughs> You mean the Matt LeBlanc one from, like, 97? Yeah, like, I remember leaving the theater going, aye, aye, aye. are you meaning to tell me that Hollywood can lie to me? <laughs> you think they would do that? Just make a bad movie and put it out? That's not fair. Yeah, could... Long John Silver's had toys. Surely it would be a good movie. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, like, when you're a kid, you're just excited to be anywhere, and every movie is a great movie. And, yeah, that one for me was Mortal Kombat Annihilation as a kid. <laughs> Where it was like, oh, this this movie is very bad. What have we done? Um, <laughs> All right, um, so, so let's I, put this on this damn list. Uh, fuck this movie. Yeah, so coming in, 
uh, above I Frankenstein, but a hair. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, Did we put yeah. it below it's, or above? It's Love better than I Frankenstein. Yeah. So uh, coming in above I Frankenstein, but just a hair, a nostril hair below Love at First Bite is Death Light and Agadar, new number 234. Oh boy, we only got to oh. two movies in an hour. <laughs> hey, hey, no, that's not that's not true. We did my friend Dahmer at the start. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. We did three. <laughs> Te- technically, um, ooh, can we can we shotgun a listener request real quick? Yes, really fast. Real fast because I want to leave it on a high note because sometimes movies are good. Devil times. Oh five. my god, I love this movie so much. Ah, it's so good. Speaking so of killer buddy... children movies. <laughs> So our buddy non-playable Kyle uh, requested Devil Times 5. This fucking movie. Oh my god. There's so much going on here. So this is a movie that was, that I have been reading all of these uh, guidebooks. And this movie said, hey, there is uncomfortably long slow motion death scenes. So you'll love it if you're into that kind of thing. And they were right. I do. <laughs> The three bear traps. This guy just dies slapstick. My man on bear is tra- my man is being terrorized by five children, five devilish children. <laughs> One of them is yes. a young Leif Erikson. Um, mm-hmm. So my dude is being tr- tortured, and finally, after his girlfriend gets killed, he says, "That's it. I'm gonna murder a child." You. you you oh. push me too far. I'm your liberal 1970s man, meathead-esque Rob Reiner character. The whole movie I've been the voice of reason, but I'm going to kill a child. And then he immediately knock, knock. gets murked because he gets caught in three bear traps. <laughs> hey, knock, knock. Who's there? It's infanticide. And then he dies from bear traps. There, oh my god, there's so much happening the, in this fucking movie. The girl eyes look-alike that gets encased as it gets turned into a snowman yes oh in this movie oh my God. might have one of my favorite all of my friends are dare, dead and here they are where it's like all of the bodies arranged in like a creative way right oh yeah like yeah the the, the frank frazetta style death uh uh death to blow yeah yeah it's um, so good oh it rules uh and then there's another thing about this movie that i love which is the soundtrack yeah okay it it sounds like porn it is scored like a porno. But the reprise is this children's lullaby thing. And the thing that fucked me up yep. about this movie is that is the tune that I use to sing songs to my children. Like uh, when really my son was an infant, someone started making up a song to that little melody. So mm-hmm. the whole movie, that you know, very personal melody is being used to mark someone's about to get killed with a bear trap. <laughs> so it's put that evil on you. You can't. Yeah. So you can't so hum that tune anymore. It's very good. Scroll up. Let's go about... to the top of this list. <laughs> but it's yeah. But it's great because now when you when you hum that tune, you're going to be thinking about how much Devil Times Five fucking rules. Man, and so so. Every child is a different. They're they're escaped mental patients, but each child has a different like delusion. One of them thinks he's a child actor, which is very meta because he's literally a child actor, and he's Leif Garretson, so he will grow up to be a child actor. And one of them is a child who thinks he's a World War Two soldier. Oh, yeah. Including carrying a gun and later firing a real gun. And oh, my one God. of the girls thinks she's a nun. Oh, that's right. I, I, I'd forgotten about the nun girl. And oh, my God. Uh, that's just wild. So this movie's good. It's not Don't Torture a Duckling good, but it's a high point in my week. Mm-hmm. Oh, me too. This was I. This was the last one I, I saw. And it, it, listen, it went down smooth. This was right after I I watched um, don't uh, or, uh, death lays an egg, God I, it it is it is just a treat. I would all right. So s- starting off, uh, I would say I think this is better than Blue Ruin. Yeah. Whoa, hold on. Sorry. Yep. Yep. That's better well, than um, don't torture a duckling. Oh, that's true. Which is a far oh, superior true. child murder movie. 
I, listen, if we're going with infanticide movies, yeah, Don't Torture a Duckling is top shelf. So in that case, uh, it is also better than Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Although, sure. well, now, it doesn't... Now, here's the thing, though. It, do, it doesn't have an LL Cool J song on the soundtrack or LL, LL Cool J, J playing... Raps. Do give it an play, Yeah, yeah. And also featuring LL Cool J as a wise-cracking cook. So I... With I, a cussing almost, bird. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking love Deep Blue Sea. Um, hmm, yeah, I do think it's better than Deep Blue Sea. Hmm. Is it better than Gremlins 2, the new batch? Yes. Because it's... I would agree. Okay, so it's one of those uh, hidden gems. I had never heard of this movie until oh, Kyle asked us to rank it. And I'm pretty sure Kyle never heard of this movie until he Googled dumb movie posters <laughs> and found the poster <laughs> for it. <laughs> God, he he's doing the Lord's work. Uh, so it's, it's better like than Gremlins Abby 2. Abbey level hidden gem. Yeah. Oh God. Like this is one of those movies that if I'd found it in a in a in um like the horror section of the local video shack, I would probably just um conveniently forget to ever return it. Okay. What's better, the hearse or um, Devil Times Five? Ooh, I gotta go with the hearse. What about Slaughterhouse? Slaughterhouse is better. Oh, Slaughterhouse is Actually, Madhouse better. is better. Yeah, it is. Madhouse and Slaughterhouse. All the houses. Um, yeah. It's... Let's see. I don't think it's better than <clears throat> Maniac Cup 2? No, it's also not better than Curtains, because that's another hidden gem. Oh. Great. Oh, my God. Curtains... Listen, I think about that ice skating sequence every day of my life. Okay, so is it better than, um, oh, the 2006 Black Christmas? Oh, it's definitely better than 2006 Black Christmas. Okay, so then I would say it is right under Your Date Is Here. Mm-hmm. And well, right above Zygote? I don't know about that. Hmm. Uh, is it th- better than yeah. the curse with Will Wheaton? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, it's 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 fantastically entertaining in a way that the curse with Will Wheaton is not. How does it stack up to um, all of these short films that are just like one-off jokes, like Invaders? I and I think it's better than that. I honestly, I would feel comfortable putting it below Your Date Is Here and above Zygote. Really? Because that movie's got yeah. really good special effects. It does have really good special effects, but I couldn't tell you what any of them are off the top of my head, and I and maybe it's because I just watched it. That bear trap death scene is one of the funniest fucking things I've ever had the pleasure of seeing. It's very good. It's got A plus kills, and if anything, movies from slasher movies from the seventies should have memorable kills. Yeah, and if, if, if they've got nothing else going for them, and slow motion that's literally forever. Also, a <laughs> unexplained girl fight. Yeah, there's so th- there's an uncomfortable scene in this where um, this one lady she's trying to have sex with the with a developmentally disabled. Um, is it is is he the other lady's son or brother? He's just or? the hired help. They're He's not the hired help. at all. It's just one woman is woke and the other is a shitbird. Well, it's Lana. It's like Lana Del Rey and Jessica Lange are having words about this. And Lana Del Rey really wants to bang this guy, and then the other lady walks in, and she's like, what the fuck are you doing? And then the guy sort of hightails it out of there, and then they're like, fuck you! And they have this weird shoving fight. Yeah. That... It... <laughs> it's the and they're also in bathrooms, and their bathrooms fall off. Which, saying oh. out loud, <laughs> it does make us <laughs> say, like, and that's why it's better than... <laughs> This is a very highbrow podcast. Highbrow podcast where we watch very classy, good movies. Um, yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Uh, I so going, going by how fucking shit the bed crazy this movie is. I feel confident putting it below Zygote, but above Night of the Slasher. Okay, so that is our new number one fifty-two. Yeah. All right. Ryan, if uh, our listeners have requests like Kyle, uh, how can they send them to us? <laughs> I love the way you said that, like, 
Kyle. <laughs> um, so if, 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 if listeners want to, uh, if there's a movie that, you know, you really, really want us to talk about and dig into, um, and I'm reliably informed that there are many horror movies that are not one of the Jesus Christ 244 things we have watched for this podcast. Apparently, You're gonna there are that. good movies out there. We just haven't done them for this show. <laughs> No, we'll no, be we, behind we, we, the we curtain. Touch... It's much easier to talk for an hour about how shit the bed bad a movie is <laughs> than just saying that's very good. Number one. Well, right, because you know, frequently us going, yes, I really like this film, is just not as fun to talk about as like, all right, let me tell you this bullshit. So if there's a movie that's maybe good, and you were like, what if you talked about? Um, the originals of Creature from the Black Lagoon. You're going to want to send that over to rankandvilecast at gmail.com or you're going to want to go over to our Tumblr and put it in the ask box over at rankandvile.tumblr.com. We are also now on Stitcher, but only the, the newest 30 episodes because the RSS feed is funny. But if you use Stitcher, you can get at least 30 episodes of this nonsense uh, over there. Um, we are also on iTunes. Um, guys, if you have a minute, or let's say that you're waiting at the DMV and praying for death and you're fucking around on your phone, please consider uh, going onto iTunes and leaving a five-star rating on Rank and Vile so that more people, you know, it gets bumped up the ratings, um, more folks who might be into um, weird horror movies and talking about weird horror movies and also child murder um, couldn't find the podcast if you just leave a five-star review and maybe like a short pithy thing like I liked it when they talked about children dying um, but other than that also we're on Instagram uh, which is primarily and by primarily I mean completely uh, done by Quincy over at uh, Rank and Vile we, we uh, landed the actual tag <laughs> username <laughs> Yeah, over there. And then also, uh, we are on Letterboxd, out here doing it, reviewing movies. We, we've, we're, we're, I'm, I'm making a bunch of collections that are like, hey, horror movies that you can watch with your mom, or horror movies that feature Sam Neill losing his shit. Yeah, um, uh, this is going to air after Mother's Day, but every day should be a day where you watch movies with your mom. For God's sake, call your mother and stop she, listening to this podcast. <laughs> She misses you and wonder and wonders why you're listening to podcasts about people talking about sleazy Italian horror films. You're disappointing her. <laughs> you're disappointing us. Call your mother and then watch a sleazy Italian horror movie with your mom. <laughs> uh, but barring that, I think that's all I got. You got anything else? Um, that's it. Thank you to Mike for the book. Um, if you have a book that you want us to read and talk about, if you have a movie that you want us to watch and talk about, if you want a guest on the show... Uh, drop us a line, rankinvilecast at gmail.com. Um, and also, we're on Twitter at rankinvilecast, where we do a whole bunch of shit posting. So, so, so much. Hit so us much up. Later, folks. Stay spooky. <laughs>